Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We speak today to Bill Guy, who's the CEO of Theta Gold Mines there in ASX. De- uh, gold developer with assets in the Transvaal, South Africa. Uh, they have been sort of cautiously moving this project forward, uh, raised about four million bucks recently to kind of complete uh, the work around their feasibility study uh, to advance the company. They are going to raise 35 to 40 million bucks later this year to get this into production, sitting on a fairly large resource. So we're kind of intrigued about how they go about uh, planning their four staged attack on this project. So sit back and enjoy what Bill has to say. Bill, how are you doing, sir? Very good, mate. How are you going? Not too bad, not too bad. You're joining us uh, from, what, Sydney? We're near Sydney today. How are things? Very good. Uh, weather's good. It's very sunny. Gold price is high. It's all good. <laughs> I think the, as long as the gold price is high, you wouldn't care if it was raining, would you? Um, so whereabouts are you? You're sort of uh, slightly north of Sydney. Yeah, Terry Gold's on the beach. It's a coastal town. Um, it's not fun. It's sort of about an hour out of Sydney. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, look, today we're going to hear about your project, Theta Gold. Uh, first time we've spoken, first time we've met, uh, and first time we'll have heard this story, so looking forward to that. But when you kick off, give us a one-minute overview of what you have, and then we'll pick it up from there. Um, so Theta Gold Mines is an explorer and a gold developer. We're a near-term production story. We're listed on the ASX. We're listed on OTCQB in the US and North America. The project sits in South Africa, there's 620 square kilometres under management, with 43 historical gold mines, and really we're aiming to head towards production end of 2021. Okay, brilliant. Um, so how long have you been at this then? I joined about three years ago. Um, essentially, my main background's geology exploration. Since I've joined, we've added about 3 million ounces to the story, so we started off with about 3 million ounces. We've completed about 20,000 metres of drilling over that period. And really what I've sort of asked the team to focus on is the open tip material. In South Africa, they're very keen to go underground all the time. But really what we've been developing is the open pit story first. Right. You've seen some nice growth in the share price recently, so that's good news. But the accusation that's being thrown at you a lot is the lack of communication. People just don't know what you're up to. I mean, what do you say to that? Yeah, sure. I think it's really about us being in a position to really market the company hard. Effectively, we've really been concentrating on restructuring it, rebuilding it, getting the resource base up, getting in very, we've completed the feasibility study in May 2019. We actually got a good lift through the share price for that process about, you know, bringing on more believers into the marketplace. You know, um, South Africa is an unusual jurisdiction for Australians in a way. There's only four companies on the ASX that are listed and working in South Africa. So it's hard for them, the market, to draw comparisons to us. That's why we look to the OTCQB. Um, effectively, when you look in North America, most of the majors gold players out of South Africa are listed on that exchange. So when you say rebuilding, reconstructing, what, what, what are you fixing? Uh, it's not so much about fixing. It's just about ch- a change of direction for me. We have a lot of shallow open pit resources here. Effectively, historically, they've always concentrated on the underground aspect of it. And really with the geometry of the reefs and the hills, we saw an opportunity to look at doing some open cast material. They've been mining here for 150 years, but there's no open pits. So we're sort of the first ones that come up with this idea and concept. 
Right. So while you've while you've been rebuilding and, and reconstructing, do you think you kind of lost sight of um, all of the other components that you need to do? Have you been too inward looking? No, I don't think so. There's no point coming to the market till you're ready, until you're ready to tell the story, until you're you know, very close for that process. We draw results through 219. We completed a scoping study. We didn't really move the market. It wasn't until we put out the feasibility study, the market really moved in price. So that was a great catalyst for us. And it just tells us really the market's working when you've got something very meaningful to say, the market will listen. And we just needed to get to those points. And I think we've you know, at a very exciting time now. Well, it's a very exciting time in, in the in the gold market for sure. You know, I think lots of people are getting lots of money. So let's talk about your corporate structure. You know, you've got whatever four hundred and fifty four million shares out. How much cash are you sitting on today? Last month we raised over we raised four million dollars to complete um the final bit of working capital for the feasibility to finalize a few things. We're currently doing our yeah, technical drilling, we've completed, we're doing our financing, we're doing our permitting. So that's all that's in train. So at the moment we've got cash on hand. So you've got about four million because you've raised four million? Or you've got a bit more? Yeah, it's about that. It's, yeah, right. Probably a little bit less. Okay, so to, so what's the timeline to deliver all of those things? Permitting, the feasibility study, etc. Okay, well, the feasibility study has been delivered. We have announced our preferred mining contractor, so we're finalising that contract. We've just completed our geotechnical drilling to go with that feasibility study. We've got currently got five plant builders tendering for this process, so there's five guys tendering for this process, and we're in talks with a, a number of parties for financing the project. So we expect to have all this completed you know, the next two quarters, okay. that's the target. Okay, so I'm going to keep, keep, keep coming back to this. You've raised four million bucks, but what are you expecting that to be able to do for you in terms of, um, you know, people's perception of how you move this thing forward? Yeah, sure. So really for us is before we go back to the market to raise money, we expect to have the mining contract completed. There'll be some trial mining. The permitting should be in place. You know, all these really key factors, we always look to try and, as little dilution as we can for the shareholders and the more we deliver before we have to raise money again the better bang for the buck for the shareholders what's the plan going forward what are you are you a mine builder yeah we're in the development phase now so we have an open pit project we call phase one the theta starter open pit project that's on mr83 we have another five hundred thousand ounces to ready for conversion in for phase two on a different mining lease so in south africa you have to deal with um the project farm by farm you can't like in western australia we just draw a circle around the bit we want and we will go and get a mining rock permit for that but in south africa it's a very sort of funny older system so you have a farm you've got to get that one permitted and then you you know you can do it farm by farm you can't just cut cookie cut the bit you want out of that mining run so that's why we're sort of taking this approach the other approach really is we see unlocking the value for the shareholders is, okay, once this permanent finance and ready to go, then everyone's going to put a real value on those whole 6 million ounces. Okay. I mean, obviously South Africa's suffering a lot um, with kind of COVID conditions, like a lot of places, but they've really kind of locked things down. Um, how's it affecting your ability to do business in country at the moment? I know you're in Perth, but you've got a team over there. So basically, Theta has an office in Johannesburg and about 30 people on the mine site. So the guys have been basically operating like this through Zoom. We have 
11, 12, 15 consultants that have been working on this process. That's all gone through. We're dealing mainly with soft issues at the moment, not the construction and building phase. So that hasn't been a problem for us, the lockdown. Probably the only impediment we had with the lockdown was the um, mines department was closed for a while. So that's held, held up the permitting a little bit, but we're through that process now. Um, at site is operational. The guys completed their COVID regulations, 900 pages of the documents, and the mine site is now operational and has been for over a month. The guys are drilling and exploring there today. Okay, so I mean, South Africa, as you said, it's an unusual place for an Aussie company to be operating. And junior companies, you know, with, without having a sort of history of, of operating, it, it can be a tough place to operate. We've interviewed several South African companies who deal with strike action, union action, um, disruption at local and federal level. I mean, what's your experience? Um, I'm sort of a bit weird. I like it. <laughs> South Africa to me sort of seems a little bit like 1970s Australia. All the problems we had in Australia back then we solved. People don't give South Africa much credit, to be honest. It's got a new president now. He went hard with the lockdown. He actually shut every, everything down when other countries were sort of going, yes, no, maybe. He just said, no, we're shut and he took control of the situation. I think, you know, that guy, Cyril Ramaphosa is a billionaire. He brought McDonald's to Australia. You know, he made his first money out of mining. He understands mining. The mine minister is an ex-miner. He understands mining. So there's a very different vibe in South Africa now. There is, but they're struggling with cash, aren't they? They're having to get, you know, IMF are having to step in to kind of help things going. I mean, does that make mining even more important to the economy? Yeah, so the minister recently, I think it's about three, four weeks ago now, might be a little longer, gave a presentation to the Minerals Council, which is um, like effectively the, I guess, the industry's representation body over there. And basically he... During his speech, he told the Minerals Council South Africa is going mining again, and that's what they want to do. So, you know, the challenge is there for the government. We're more than happy to meet the challenge. We're excited about it. I really see South Africa is also relatively underexplored on a number of fronts, particularly in terms of gold and where we are. So we see a lot of upside with the project going forward as well. So we just won't be developing. We'll be exploring as well. Okay, well, let's talk about let's start talking about the assets. You're up in the Transvaal area, is that right? Yeah. So um, yeah, so we're about 370 k's northeast of Johannesburg. So we're out in the country. It looks very similar to country New South Wales. Very small population base. It's relatively isolated out there. So there's not a lot of people, which is great because a lot of time the problems in South Africa they talk about you know the wits. The wits is actually in Johannesburg. You know, Johannesburg's the city of gold is built on that mine and the city basically outgrew the mines. You know, effectively, Johannesburg's almost a mega city now and you're trying to mine, you know, like for us, we like trying to mine in Parramatta. It's pretty hard work. Um, but well, where we are, very gentle, rolling hills, countryside, small population. Okay. So tell us a bit about what you've got. What are the numbers? Yeah, sure. Okay, so six million. So really, the idea is to capitalise on the first two point seven five million ounces. That's in four mines. So there'll be four phases. One phase is the first project we're getting permitted now, the Theta Open Pit project. It's a very shallow open cut mine. On average, it's about sixty metres. It goes down to one hundred thirteen metres at its deepest point. 
Um, that'll be done through a process of contour haulback. So as we have a face goes up a hill, the dirt's pushed behind us. So a lot of that original contours will be restored to the people. So the population is very supportive of this process. They'll get their money, their jobs and their hill back. Um, then we'll move into phase two on 341, which is um, another extension. There's 500,000 ounces of inferred material over there ready to be converted into a mining reserve. We'll also be looking at the underground. So there's a thing called Reefentane. Reefentane's about eight and a half grams and nearly 800,000 ounces. Um, vertical vein, very similar to Western Australia. Uh, quartz sci-fi, um, there's about three and a half kilometres of strike length there. The old time is discovered. Um, effectively, Reefentane sits in a 16 kilometre long structure. Um, so we see potential to the north and to the south. Uh, when we get into that and we've got a mine called beta which sits just across the road from the plant 1.1 million ounces about six grams and it's a flat reef um, and it gyps about seven degrees um, and that's you know will be the last of the stage four projects and that'll give us access to the first 2.75 hopefully we're building up to a production profile of around 160,000 ounces over the next four to five years okay so the pl plan that's four of them Right. Okay. So plan of attack is you get through this next phase, get, you know, get, spend your 4 million bucks. You're going to go to the market, raise some more uh, capital um, to actually move things forward. What's the plan of attack on the ground though? You know, what's number, what's number one target, number two target? Yeah. So effectively today will be, well, today, tomorrow we're submitting the permitting. So that'll go into the DMR. Um, on the ground, the guys are currently looking at the underground, what the board wants to do with this higher gold price is look at ways to accelerate that five-year program and shrink it down. So we've brought in some consultants with a lot of underground experience um, in South Africa, and they're currently going through all the old mines, looking at what can and can't be done, and we'll sort of be enunciating that vision and their results sort of in October. Right, okay. When they've completed their work. Okay, fine. And in the meantime, um, the open pit goes forward relentlessly. So, you know, as far as we're concerned at the moment, probably do some reserve drilling towards the end of the year for the phase two program. Right. I mean, are you kind of tempted to try and accelerate this process any given the gold, current gold environment? As yeah, we are. Um, I'll be honest, for probably when I joined about three years ago, there wasn't a lot of interest in the gold space. So we've sort of been a bit on hand to mouth, to be honest, to push it forward. Um, but the board's always had a great deal of belief in the project and has always pushed forward with everything. Well, you know, if you look at the last 24 months of announcement, there's been a significant release nearly every month. So, you know, there's been a good steady stream of news flow. Really, the market's really looking for those key items at the moment. But, um, you know, we're always active. We don't sit on the money. We move the project forward. And we're pretty excited about it, to be honest. And then we think, yeah, with the higher gold price and the share price does what we hope, then, you know, and the money's at the right price, then you would accelerate this program for sure. I mean, so, again, I'm just trying to understand the mind of the management team here. You know, you, you, you've got a decent-sized resource. Um, I'm just trying to where's the, where's the optimum value lie for you, for you as a business? Do you say, look, the gold environment's like it is. It's not going to get better than this. 
So why not? Why not? Um, you know, sell this thing. You know, because there are people sniffing around. There's always people sniffing around when you've kind of got a big resource like this. That's what we've been hearing for the last two years. Majors are running out of resource. So, have you have you got the stomach yeah. to go and be a mind builder? Yeah, I think we do actually. So the board, if you look at the board structure, we are not so much bankers. Don't get me wrong. We have a banker on the board, um, Tim Birkin. He was. Um, director of Gemfields. He worked with me on Jupiter Mines. So me and Finn worked together. I was on the exploration side in Australia. He built the Chippy Mine as the CEO there. But for me, you know, if you really want to get great value for something, the markets and you have got to believe you're actually going to build it. You know, I want someone to pull this out of my cold dead hand for a lot of money if that's what they want to do. There's a lot of work gone into this. And, um, no, so we're not stopping for anyone. If some someone wants to play catch up, that's up to them. Okay, run us through some of these numbers here, because obviously the, the looking at it, the ASIC is, you know, pretty pretty attractive, uh, especially in today's environment. Um, so once you get going, you should be, you know, you'll 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 make money. But it's also not a particularly large um, target you're going for in the first yeah, that- first few years, right? Yeah, so there's a so we have a number of natural advantages here because there's 150 years of mining history. You know, we have roads, we have water, we have electricity, we have a core staff, we have um, a plant that's actually oversized in South Africa. You permit the plant footprint. So what we're basically doing is getting started, putting the the plant on the footprint that's fully permitted, the tailings dam that's fully permitted already. And then we can expand it as we go along. So really, you know, I guess of the currently in the gold environment, there's really only one model, make it bigger, bigger, bigger and sell it, which is, you know, which is great. That's one model. But we feel, you know, in South Africa with our set of environment and the way the market's perceiving us, we'll get a better bang for our buck for our shareholders. Once we start the poor gold, then people are going to really liberate, translate to the whole 6 million ounces. But, but why is why? Again, it's just coming back to the question, in this gold environment, why are you starting with, well, the starter pits uh, optimization feasibility study, you know, it, it's, it seems quite modest in relation to what you've got, but are you continuing to yeah. look at that? And we'll be that? running, really, for us at the moment, it's about a stage process. So we, like I said, during what we're talking about at the moment is really ex- looking at that underground component particularly Riffentain and Beta. So the guys are doing some work on that. We'll look to see where we can accelerate that. We've got the permitting going on, the financing going on. You know, as an investor, once those two boxes are ticked, you're going to be very confident about what's going on. Then when we go into the extensions, you know, all this stuff requires a fair amount of capital. And the question is, what price are you going to be buying that capital? And, you know, and personally, I'd rather be buying at a higher price than a cheaper price. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But you, you've got to have a sense of um, what you think your investors and the board is going to be comfortable with um, and say, now's the time to take advantage of that. Money's been thrown around. It's because of cascading down from a lot of these big producers at the moment. You know, have you had conversations? Mm-hmm. Have you had approaches from strategic partners or, you know, my day in banking, I'd be phoning people like you up and just saying, hey, do you fancy some money? Have you had any of those conversations? Yeah. I'll be honest, yeah. It used to be a case that we were ringing everyone. Now people are ringing us, which is nice. Um, I don't really want to go out and create like um, 
a spurious market, you know, that we're going to just sell it. That's not really our goal here. Um, obviously, if the price was right, we would certainly look at it. You know, we're here to make money and add value for the shareholders, whatever the best option is for the shareholders at the time. But if you look at Cardinal, you know, it was sat there for ages on a hundred million market cap. It wasn't until it was permitted, then everyone started fighting over it. Yeah, that's that, that's that's true. Uh, be interesting to see how that thing plays out. Um, and what's the, what's the sort of what are the sort of considerations that the, the board is discussing each month? You mean, what are you evaluating? Because you must be in this in this market. It's fairly dynamic. Things are changing relatively quickly. There's a lot of M and A. There's a lot of fundraising going on. You must be looking either over your shoulder or slightly jealously at some of the companies out there. Yeah, no, um, not not so much jealousy. I think I think for us, it's really about that growth story. If we look at you know the share price, it's been steadily going up. The volume in the shares is steadily going up, so it's a growing story. You know, we've got a pipeline of projects, you know, at the right price and the right time in the cycle, which is probably not far away. The board will look what can be accelerated and what can't. So you know, obviously, we'd like to get into phase two probably a little bit earlier. We'd also for me, probably the exciting thing really long-term is the underground because the underground resources there, you know, are sort of immense. There's about four and a half million ounces there already, you know, and when you think about that, the replacement costs, you know, the replacement cost of gold now is about 40 US dollars an ounce. So, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of value on those resources. We have pretty good access to um, particularly the upper levels in the mine and they're all relatively shallow, so nothing goes below about 350 metres sort of thing. So it's a very shallow mine and even the underground. So we have those and really what we will look at in the coming months, and like I said, the guys are on the ground now in the underground looking at what can and can't be done so we can come up with a sensible plan to accelerate that process. Get the data, get the results, and let's see where we are. Okay. Obviously, look, clearly the dynamics are going to change between the open pit and the underground. Uh, with the grades you've got, um, you're going to obviously th- it th- the numbers are going to change. Okay. Um, why? Yeah. Sure. Of course, right. And the grades aren't particularly high. They're okay. They're not. There's no, you're not chasing high grade underground veins. Um, does that mean the ASIC's going to change? Does that mean some of the economics are going to change? Well, actually, underground mining in South Africa is relatively cheap. So when you look at a little, when you say the grades aren't particularly high, I sort of find that a little strange. So the beta is about six grams. Rufentine is about eight and a half grams. If you look at, you know, some of the companies on the ASX now, like Bellevue, you know, they've got 11 grams and they're already capable than us and they're a fair way from mining. So I think the grades are perfectly acceptable and high, quite high in parts. And those grades are also diluted. So they're diluted grades for mining. They're not the, the reef grades. So that's sort of the one thing, some of the things we'll be looking at in the coming months, see what needs to be done there. We have also, you know, probably with our current geology and exploration models we've developed, we also see potential around the areas that need to be explored and underexplored. You know, brought in a top tier firm from Australia called CSA, CS Global, you know, it's very good geological consulting company. We had, we're next to the world's largest igneous intrusion, big source of metal and heat, the richest metallogenic province on earth. And, you know, what they really 
identified for us where the key structures delivering that metal. So there's other opportunities we can look at as well going forward. Okay, but let's let's look at the exploration component though. So you you've got a, you've got a decent sized resource. You've got you're looking at open open pit. You're looking at the underground mining. You're talking about raising money at you know reasonable values. Um, so exploration is some ways off, isn't it? You don't need to be looking or talking about that happening anytime soon. No, we just want to make sure. The market's a funny thing. The market at the moment's loving exploration and drilling results. So, you know, we're aware of that, but we are focused on the main game, which is bringing the first phase into production. So all the energy and effort goes into that. But, you know, we don't want the market to think, oh, this is just 6 million ounces either. Because I don't really think that's going to be the case. And even if you look at the first four mines we're tapping into, you know, 2.75 million ounces in the first four mines, that doesn't include our biggest mine. Our biggest mine is Glynn's, which is about 1.6 million ounces on the book. Historically, was the largest mine in the region and produced over 34 tonnes of gold. So we basically control our own gold field. And what has killed a couple of companies historically on the, in this process is they tried to do everything at once. They were too greedy, if you know what I mean, tried to eat all the Smarties at once. We call it on, the, in the, on site. So we're really just trying to stage the approach and the growth and what, you know, with the current environment, the goal, we can look to accelerate as well. But, you know, we've got to go about our business in a logical manner. Well, that, that's why I'm intrigued about whether you want to mine this thing or you're building it to a certain point of development, you know, advanced development, because you've got to leave something on the table for the next guy as part of the negotiation, yes. don't you? So that's, that's why I'm interested in how you plan out your capital needs and your capital expenditure? Yeah, for the moment, we know we need the sort of total capex and some working capital to get in production is about 40 million US. So it's a very low capex project, right? And that includes about 10 million of working capital to get through those phases. So really our goal is to finance a large component of that capex. You know, there's opportunity with project finance, there's opportunities with forward sales, there's all sorts of things that can be done there at the moment. So we're looking at all those things. So really, I would park that separately. Then if we looked at the underground, original idea was to actually drive the underground from profits out of the open pit mining and then do that. But if you start to see, you know, the share price good and working capital there available, then you would look to accelerate that underground program. And then, you know, you would shorten that five-year program down to maybe three, four years, and then you're a mid-tier producer in four years. Right. I still think that would be a great result. So, I mean, you're sitting in Perth. You've got, a, you've got the Aussie team, you've got the South African team. Um, I mean, what are you bringing to the table? I mean, you've done the sort of – you talked earlier about kind of reconstructing uh, the company, but are they kind of fairly self-sufficient over there? Yeah, the um, South Africans are very good engineers and very good geologists. There's no issues with that. I guess if you really think about it, the Australian-South African sort of side of things has been very successful in the gold space historically. You know, the wits, you know, the South Africans don't like you reminding them, but that was discovered by an Australian. Our goldfield, which was the, uh, I think the third one discovered, the first official gold brush in South Africa was discovered by an Australian. So, you know, it seems a very good combination, I find. Australia is a very big producer of minerals. It doesn't, all, people don't understand, it doesn't always have the 
best resources, but it's very conceptual about how we go about our business. And I think it's that conceptuality we bring to South Africa. Yeah, okay. Well, look, um, Bill, look, look, thanks for that overview and, and run through of the company. I think that's um, it's an interesting story you've got there. And you, you're obviously managing the way you take this forward in the most effective way for your shareholders. Um, you should come back on and sort of tell us how you're getting on um, and how you're spending that four million bucks. And let's see if uh, you can move that share price. Appreciate it. No worries. We will, man. No worries. But uh, thanks for your time today. It was great to meet you. And um, thanks to all your viewers. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.